0: We are in Deuteronomy chapter 12 today. It is the goal of every Christian to draw close to God, right? That's, that's our goal. It, it should be our goal. Uh, if, if it isn't, what are we doing here? God made man to live in harmony with him, but sin messed that all up. And Jesus is the way back to God. Christians are those who have turned to God through Jesus his Son. If your goal is not to draw close to God through Jesus, then Christianity is not for you. It's just that simple. So why are we here on Sunday morning? Is this, did this get echoed? Are we okay? We're okay. So why are we here on Sunday morning? Are we not here to worship and to learn? We can we can pray at home, we can read the Bible at home, but wor- worship and learning, you know, I hear all the time, well, I can, I can be a Christian just as easily at home. Yeah, it isn't just as easy at home. In fact, I would say the opposite is true. Um, worship is part of our task as Christians. And if I read the Bible correctly, it lies in our future. But we also have to understand that it is more worship is more than just singing hymns at church. Worship is when we focus our attention on God and on nothing else. That's what true praise is. When we get our focus wrong, when we are distracted, that's when we fail at worship. God gave Israel through Moses some commands about keeping their focus on him so that they could worship him. And I want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 12 and see what he tells Israel on how to worship him and keep their focus on him because it applies to us as well. And so with that said, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1. These are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess as long as you live in the land. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains and on the hills and under every spreading tree where the nations you were dispossessing, you are dispossessing, worship their gods. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and burn their Asherah poles in the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places you must not worship the lord your god in their way but you are to seek the place of the lord you are to seek the place the lord your god will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling to that place you must go there bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices your tithes and special gifts what you have vowed to give and your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, there, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. God's words to Israel almost seem like a waste of time, or at least at first, maybe, maybe they should feel like a waste of time. Don't worship other gods. That should be... Pretty basic, you would think. Of course they won't worship other gods, right? They crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They didn't. They hadn't. That was their parents. Uh, The book of Judges is such a repetitive book. Every chapter. uh, Israel again did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and God punishes them, and then he raises up a judge. And in fact, the end of the book of Judges is the same as the beginning of the the book of Ruth. Uh, In those days, Israel had no king everyone did as they saw he saw fit in their own eyes yeah every generation forgets what the previous generation learned uh, it's understandable how can we remember what our parents learned we see this today our nation spends money as if we've never went through a great depression before but then we haven't that was our parents uh, at this point in time, there's probably very few people uh, that, that that remember it, and 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 if and if so, and and those people, you know, when I was growing up, certainly, um, you know, I my my best friend Alan, his, uh, I think I've shared this, his mom, his, his grandmother at one point said, oh, you guys are going to, I don't, I don't remember where it was in Illinois. Can you take this back to the store for me? I bought these cinder blocks that 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 I never ended up using. They were. She had that receipt for forty years. Two cinder blocks. They were thrilled to give her their money, her money back for that, not a quarter, because you they couldn't buy cinder blocks for that cost. Um, they they made a profit on that. Um, but but you could, but you could tell that she had lived through what we now call the Great Depression. I don't I don't get it. I accidentally bought a book online last night that. After I bought it, I went, ah, that wasn't the book I needed. Ah, it's just a few bucks. Buy a few bucks is, it was more than I should have spent, but it's just a book. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to bankrupt me. Um, yeah, I haven't lived through a Great Depression. I haven't learned those, those lessons the way, the way that a previous generation did. So I can't just blame the government. It's all of us. Each generation must learn the lessons of life for themselves. And it doesn't matter what the previous generation says. We'd love to pass on our lessons to our kids. Our parents wanted the same thing. The Lord knew that Israel would be tempted to turn to other gods. That would be easy. They would be sharing borders with pagan nations that worship these other gods. In fact, if you skip with me to the end of the chapter, verse 29, Deuteronomy 12, 29, he expands on this. The Lord your God will cut off before you the nations you are about to invade and dispossess, but when you have driven them out and settled in their land, and after they have been destroyed before you, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods? We'll do the same. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, because in worshiping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things the Lord hates. They even burned their sons and daughters in the fire as sacrifices to their gods. See, the problem wouldn't be that Israel would abandon God entirely. They're just going to change and tweak his message to be a more amenable to what they wanted. Mix some of the fun bits of Baal and Shemosh and Ashtoreth and Dagon and Molech into worship of gods, little pick and shoes of what we want in our religion. And boy, don't we see that today. You know what's the big deal, Jason? Aren't we all worshiping the same God? If He is real, if God is real, and if we are made in His image, then He has personality. He is a person, not a human being. But by person, we mean that He has personhood, uh, and He cares. And the Bible is the proof that He cares. If He didn't, if He didn't care, He wouldn't need to write this. This. Leaving, leaving us his word shows us that he cares. Uh, the Bible, I, I don't get to decide things about you. I don't get to pick your favorite color. I don't get to pick your favorite music or your favorite TV show or change your name. Right? That's not my right. That's you. You, you get to pick your favorite music and color and TV show. Why do we get to tell God what he should like? Why do we get to tell God what he should hate. We don't have that right. Uh, The Bible tells us what God is like, tells us what he loves, what he hates. We don't get to choose that. If God sent Christ, who says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If this is our God, then we don't get to change one thing about who he is. We don't get to tell him what is sin and what isn't, what he should like and what he shouldn't. We have to get to know him through his word. We live in a day when we tolerate too much world in the church, and not enough Bible. Our 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 biblical ignorance just continues to grow, as our society thinks the Bible doesn't matter. And I don't, if they don't think that the Bible matters, you know, I mean this when I say that's that's their problem. But I'm more concerned about whether or not the church thinks that the Bible doesn't matter. We, we should be reading this. Um, we should be growing in it. Uh, God spoke through Moses, and he said to the people, don't let the world tell you what true worship of God is. Listen to God. Listen to his word. Uh, let, let us pray that God opens our hearts and minds and eyes to what worshiping him really looks like. And so we keep reading in verse 8. You are not to do as we do here today, everyone as he sees fit, since you have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. But you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. And he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. And then to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, there you are to bring everything I command you your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, all the choice possessions you have vowed to the Lord. And there rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons and daughters, your men servants and maid servants, and the Levites from your towns who have no allotment or inheritance of their own. Be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings anywhere you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose, in one of your tribes, and there observe everything I command you. So Israel had another problem. Not only was there a worry that the world would come crashing in upon them, and they would give in to the, to the peer pressure of the world and the nations around them, but the other problem we see is that is this warning, don't do your own thing. Everyone did everything don't, 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 you know, currently everyone's doing whatever they want to, Moses says. Everyone did as they saw fit in their own eyes. And Moses says that can't be the, that can't be the rule going forward. Again, this sounds familiar to us. Um, Judges ends with that very phrase. Ruth begins with that phrase. There, there is a, um, there's a, there's a British cop show a number of years ago, kind of a weird cop show called uh, Life on Mars that, that came out a number of years ago. And, and in it, these these British cops refer to policing in America as the Wild West, where sheriffs can do whatever they want to, and, and, and in fr- the honesty is that one of the characters says that this new precinct that he's at, he says, it feels like that. You guys don't follow procedures. You guys all have badges, and, and you just do whatever you want to do with no, you, you don't answer to anybody higher. This is like, he says, it's like the U.S. and the Wild West. Um, taking, you guys... You guys take the law into your own hands, and you don't, you know, you lock people up for, you know, when when you don't have a warrant against them. Um, it's kind of a show about a corrupt precinct. Chaos—that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, when the focus is on what I want, and your focus is on what you want, and his focus is on what he wants, and her focus is on what she wants, we have chaos. We don't have society. Society works when we all are willing to give up a little bit for the greater whole. Hear, hear me on this because I'm not into complete you know, government overreach where every, everything is, is controlled and I have to get permission to listen to music. What I don't like, I enjoyed living in southern Illinois with no neighbors because it was quiet. Well, the Coyotes, they weren't quiet. But other than that, it was a pretty quiet neighborhood because we could see one house across the street from where we lived, and there was no other house in sight. Um, Here, there's an entire block full of people that can play their music at 3 in the morning, and I think, do I want to call the police on them, or is that just going to make bad neighbors? Um, You know, I don't care if you listen to your music loud at 7 p.m. I don't like karaoke at 2 a.m. loud enough that, that it keeps me awake. That is a reasonable expectation. I don't, I don't feel that I, I'm this horrible, overreach person saying, don't play your music at, the, at, at, at its maximum volume at 2 in the morning on a school night. I don't, I don't feel that that's unreasonable. We all recognize that we have to make some sacrifices to make society work. Speed limits are a good thing. It's kind of this restriction we've all put on each other. You can drive 65 on the interstate, but keep it to 25 in neighborhoods because that's safe. We all recognize that there are some things we give up to keep society working. If everybody only did what they wanted to do, whenever they wanted to do it, our world would fall apart. And and I do think that this explains a lot of the problems of our current world. I think that we have a selfish world, and I think it's falling apart because of that. When governments selfishly look when government officials selfishly look to their own interests and not not the concern for their people. We see this around the world. We see corrupt governments with an elite at the top that have staggering amounts of money while the citizens are starving to death. We've seen this in Cuba. We've seen this in Libya. We've seen this in in, in other countries. And we would call those corrupt governments. When businesses look to their own interests and their own profit margin and they don't care gets hurt in the process, we say that that's corruption, that they can't be trusted. So what do we call Christians who are selfishly looking to what they want and they don't care about anyone else around them? Would would we be out of line to say that they're corrupt? In a day of individuality, it is popular to yell, don't tread on me, and to uh, uh, dig into our heels of, of the days of frontier America when you could uh, uh, when you could just w- walk out into America and claim a plot of land and farm it, and it was yours, and there wasn't any paperwork. And, and, and it's popular in, in Christianity to say, who's the, who, who's the preacher to tell me what to do? Who is, who is, why, sh- why should I follow that Bible literally? Why can't I just kind of metaphorically apply it to my life and make it say what I want it to say in my life? Why, why do I have to have accountability to the body of Christ? The problem is that biblically, this is the opposite of what God wants from us. God does want us to be a part of the church and accountable to one another. Uh, leave the government stuff aside. I don't, I don't really care about your politics. I do care about our faith. I care about the bride of Christ. I care about our relationship to the church. I read this a lot, but it's still appropriate. Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess For he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I know I'm preaching to the choir. We all know this. But let us do our part to build up his church. Make gathering with the body of Christ a priority for fellowship and for worship. Let us keep our focus on God and not as much on ourselves and on what we want. We cannot worship God if we cannot keep our focus on him, and that's got to be more than just on Sundays. And so back in, in Deuteronomy chapter 12, let's, let's keep reading at verse 15. Nevertheless, you may slaughter your animals in any of your towns and eat as much, as, as much of the meat as you want as if it were gazelle or deer according to the blessing the lord your god gives you both the ceremonially unclean and the clean may eat it but you must not eat the blood pour it out on the ground like water you must not eat in your i'm sorry you must not eat in your own towns the tithe of your grain and new wine and oil or the firstborn of your herds and flocks or whatever you have vowed to give or your free will offerings or special gifts. Instead, you are to eat them in the presence of the Lord your God at the place the Lord your God will choose. You, your sons and daughters, your men servants and maid servants, and the Levites from your towns, and you are to rejoice before the Lord your God. In everything you put your hand to, be careful not to neglect the Levites as long as you live in your land. So I like what these verses are saying here. God has blessed Israel with crops, with livestock, and because he allows them, they can do whatever they want to with their, with their stuff. They can have the biggest feasts. They can invite whoever they want to. It doesn't matter if the people that they invite are clean or unclean in that regard. That God, God doesn't care how, that, how, how the food that is theirs is served in that regard, but God says that doesn't apply to the tithe. You're firstborn from your flocks. Those have to be presented in a certain way. The first fruits of your crops. Um, those, those, there are rules for that. It has to be brought to him and done with it the way he wants it to be. You know, the tithe is an important part of worship in the Old Testament. And offerings to the Lord are still important to the church today. They're biblical. There's a reason that we pass the offering plate. Because people in the New Testament, the New Testament church, gave offerings to the Lord. Um, It doesn't command a tithe. I think a tithe is a great starting point. I do. The Old Testament, if it was good enough for Israel, I think it's a a great bouncing off point. If anything, I like to try to do more than that. And the reason I like to do more than that is I think I'm blessed more than the people in Israel. They were waiting for Jesus, and I get him. They were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit, and I have the Holy Spirit. So to me, the tithe is just a... to, To me... The tithe is a basic starting point, and if God blesses me in such a way, then, hey, maybe I can give more. But I like that the text says, but after the tithe, it is yours, he says to Israel. Um, that, that is yours to do with, and, and I think what God is telling Israel is still what he's telling us today. What he's given us to do, what he has given us as ours, we can. I'm not saying that right, what he has given us is ours. To do with as we see fit. Um, uh, you, w- there's nothing against hobbies. If you want to buy, if you've got the money and want to buy a boat, buy a boat. If you want to own 50 pairs of shoes, and you got the money, and that's the way you want to spend it, buy 50 pairs of shoes. Um, there, who 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 am I to say that that's not how you should spend? You guys know I'm going to bring it up. If you saw, <laughs> if, you, if, if if you saw my comic book collection, Mike, I know remembers it. <laughs> After the eighth box he carried in, he said, "What on earth is this? These are comic books." The look on his face. Um, yeah, I have too many comic books. I, I do, but I enjoy them, and they haven't bankrupted me. And, and as long as I'm still giving to God, it, 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 that's my choice. You spend your money the way that you want. He has blessed us remarkably, especially here in the U.S. Right? We are an affluent, wealthy nation. Anybody that's done world travel knows. We, we are very fortunate here. We have so much excess. And contrary to what so many people want to say, you don't have to feel guilty about that. Uh, we, we are blessed to have this abundance. There's nothing wrong with enjoying what, what we've worked for, what God has given us. Um, hard work, a hard work ethic got the U.S. and its people to where it's at, and luck. I'm glad. I'm you know, there are places in Africa that have terrible famine, and they didn't have the resources we had. But but a positive, healthy, work attitude got us here. And and to be quite honest, knowing that this was a nation founded on Christian principles, I absolutely believe that Christian principles tie into a good work ethic. I absolutely believe that, and I think that that's what got us here. Um, and and if we can hang on to those principles, the nation will continue prosper, as I, as I don't think that we are. I'm a little nervous about the future of the U.S., but, but as individuals, our goal is to still be Christ-like, honesty, integrity. These are great business practices. Um, but if you're thankful and you want to show God that you are thankful, the biblical response is to give him a portion back. In the Old Testament, it was the tithe, 10%. And, and the Bible points out the first ten percent. So why the first ten percent? Why does it have to be the first? Well, partly because I think that God knew that if you don't give the first ten percent, you're not going to give ten percent. It's just you're gonna you're gonna get through the ninety percent and then find out that you still needed that extra that extra bit at the end, and it won't be and it won't and it won't be given. And I've discovered that in my own life too. Um, but. I think more importantly because God is our first priority, not our last. And so he gets the first 10%, not the last 10%. He, he, I don't want to give him leftovers. Uh, if you give God scraps, if you give him your leftover money and your leftover time, and I, don't, I don't think that's a sacrifice. Um, I, I give scraps to my dog. Okay? Um, why because it 's a dog? I like the dog don 't get me wrong, but I, the dog gets scraps um, i I give gifts to my wife, and I want them to cost something because I want her to know that I love her and that she matters to me and that you know, that she is worth more than anything that I have, and so i don 't want to give her scraps uh, if if a friend says, "Hey Jason, can we, uh, you know, can we go out to eat?" and I know that they're hurting on finances, I'm going to be kind of going through my mind looking at the upcoming expenses of the week, and it's not uncommon for me to say, "Is Wendy's okay?" And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm I'm happy to to buy lunch for someone if I can afford it, but if so, but I'm less likely to take them to smoke on the water than I am Wendy's. Because I can afford Wendy's a little bit more easily than smoke. But my wife, when my wife says, hey, can we do Sakura? Yeah, let's do Sakura. Because, because she matters. And I, don't, and, and, I, and I don't mind spending money on my wife at all because she matters. Um, my wife means more than anyone else. She deserves more than anyone else. What does God deserve? What, what has he given you? Has he not blessed us richly? Does he not deserve to be richly thanked? God gets the first bits. And this is not just about money. Um, this is about, frank, frankly, I think your time is more important and valuable than your money. Um, if God gets our leftover time, Sunday morning only and, and, you know, weekend and nothing else, we don't think about him, we don't pray the rest of the week, we don't crack our Bible, then, then he's just kind of a little bit of a tack-on on our life and he's not that important to us. Um, God gets the first bit, and he lets us do the rest with what we want. If you like to watch TV, watch TV. If you want to go to the movies, go to the movies. He doesn't, he doesn't demand 100% of our time. He doesn't demand 100% of our money. And, and, and there's no reason to feel guilty about that. Um, you don't have to feel guilty that you don't spend every minute in a soup kitchen. Um, let, let us take the time to evaluate the blessings that God has given us. There are so many. Let us give back to the body of Christ. The best that we have, not the scraps and leftovers. Um, giving is part of worshiping God, and there's no way to get around that. There's no reason to apologize for what the Bible says. God expects both Old and New Testament for us to financially help the body of Christ as well, uh, and for the body of Christ to be accountable for that. Um, our hymn of invitation today is hymn number 337. May we renew our focus on the Lord. There is no substitute for true worship. And this this applies to me. It's easy to do everything else, all the other stuff in life, without worshiping the Lord. It's easy to go through the motions. Um, But I want to keep my focus on God and do it for the right reason, because he matters and because I'm drawing close to him, not just going through religious motions, If you have a decision to make, if you need to talk about what it means to be a Christian, let's talk. Thank you for listening. You can contact us at our website, com, where you can also find out more. Have a nice week.